Welcome to the Concordia Publishing House podcast, where we consider everything in the light of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm your host, Elizabeth Pittman. In God's Provision in a Wilderness World, author Lindsay Hausch invites readers to look closely at the experiences the Israelites had during their 40 years in the wilderness. As we do this, she encourages us to see how the Creator is blessing us today with His gifts in our everyday struggles. Before we start our conversation with Lindsay, I'd like to thank our friends at the LCMS Foundation for their support of the CPH podcast. How can your congregation turn significant financial gifts into a long-term funding source that blesses your church for generations to come? The LCMS Foundation was created to provide professional investment services to LCMS churches, schools, and RSOs. They've helped hundreds of congregations create, manage, and grow their endowments using investments tailored to each congregation's unique goals and financial needs. And now they'd like to help yours. Learn more at lcmsfoundation.org slash podcast. Now on to our conversation with Lindsay Hausch. Lindsay, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's a fun time to have you back with your sophomore release. So now that you've you've you made it through your first, first book release with Take Heart, how did it feel to jump back into this whole book writing process with your new book, God's Provision in a Wilderness World? That's kind of fun. I've never heard the term sophomore release. <laughs> So it's like I'm learning to drive a car. That's kind of what happens in your sophomore year, right? Um, I have found the process to be much more peaceful and um, exciting. I think the last time there was, uh, I didn't know what to expect. Maybe I was putting some extra pressure on myself. So this time, and especially because I've been connected with more uh, CPH authors that I've been able to walk alongside through this process, it has just been, it's been really life-giving this time. What? As you, as I, I remember we had talked at the end of your previous book release and you were thinking about what you wanted to do for book two. And I know you were kicking around some ideas. What was it that ultimately led you to land on the topic of God's provision in a wilderness world? Well, I'm an ideas girl. Um, I think a lot of authors probably are, and I'm just like flooded with ideas all the time. And and don't ask Laura, but I might be flooding her with ideas sometimes. She'll be eager to see and, them. <laughs> <laughs> but she is so good at redirecting me back to like, what is the message that God is giving me to share? And um, so what really grounded me um, in recent, you know, in this season was manna. Uh, recognizing that God is providing for me every day and even being intentional about looking for the way that God is providing for me in unexpected ways. And so that was kind of where it was birthed from was just this idea of manna, which obviously led me to Exodus and, and looking more deeply into what that looked like in the Bible. We'll go into this a little bit more deeply as we get into the conversation, but you, your comment triggered a thought for me. Define manna. In, your, in the study, you talk about, you give the definition of manna. And I think, and, and that caught me when I read that because, you know, having heard the story of the Exodus since I was in grade school, you know, God gave them manna and you're thinking it's food, it's the food that they gave to eat. But tell us what the definition of the word manna is and how that adds a whole nuance to what manna 
is for us. You're right. It's an important distinction because even throughout scripture, there's so many layers of, you know, God's word is our bread. Um, the body of Christ is our bread. So there's there's so many different ways that God uh, provides for us in the form of bread. Um, but for manna, what I uh, landed on was this idea of God's provision in an unexpected uh, hard place, you know, his blessing wrapped in struggle. So it can be bittersweet. It can be um, the blessing of, of going through cancer, but having amazing friends who are you know, praying for you and bringing you meals. It can be um, the loss of a loved one and yet the peace that Jesus gives us through that hard time. So that's kind of where I really camped out as I looked at manna in our lives today. Well, and you share in the study that the literal translation, and correct me if I get this wrong, the literal translation of the word manna is, what is it? Exactly. Yes. Thank you for, for helping me to, to, you're right. Because often what we're led when we see God's provision is we're led to the question, what is it? We don't recognize it right away. We don't even recognize it as a blessing right away sometimes. And that, that's what caught me because I always, you know, when you think about it just on a surface level, it's, oh, it's it's my daily bread. It's this it's or that. But when you think about, as you describe how the Israelites reacted by literally asking, what is it? Um, we do that all the time. And so I just thought I, that, that added a nuance for me that I hadn't thought of before. And, and I appreciated that quite a bit. Uh, I thought this was fun as I was going through the book and the humble sticky notes. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the role that the humble sticky note played for you? Well, so I had a sticky note, uh, Philippians 4, 7 on my computer. I've had it for uh, probably six years. And it just talks about the, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Um, do not worry about anything. Um, bring everything in prayer to peti and petition, but the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. And, um, and it was always a blessing to me and a good reminder. And yet it was only um, recently that I looked at the verse in the full context to just really uh, look at the story that was being told through the verse, right? We have to look at what's above it and yep. what's under it. And I read that it says right before that, the Lord is at hand. And I think that that is such an important reminder is we sometimes we'll just uh, focus on one part of the scripture without remembering that that God's promise of his presence is the most important part of it. And, and then just thinking about what are sticky notes that we need in our lives as just reminders of God's promised presence in our lives today in, in just a busy and distracted world, uh, just visual reminders. God tells us to put... Uh, reminders of him all throughout our home to talk about it when we're walking and when we're uh, is sitting together as a family. And so I think that the sticky note is just that humble reminder of God's presence in our lives today. Well, and it's such an easy way for us to either share a bit of gratitude with a friend or someone that we come across with, whether that be a little note or a Bible verse that we stick on their desk or pass them in mm -hmm. Um, but also for us, as we keep track of those blessings that we see in our lives, the manna that we see around us, so we don't forget it, um, just to keep those reminders at hand. 
they literally put um, pieces of manna in a jar that they kept in the tabernacle because it's so important to God that we remember his blessings, that we return to those things. So yeah, a sticky note can operate in, <laughs> like that for us in our lives today. Absolutely. So tell us about this, you know, the, the story of the Israelites wandering the wilderness. You know, they, they were there for 40 years wandering um, and I think your Bible study is such a great compliment to Reed Lessing's recent book about Exodus. And, yes. and so it's just, it's really neat how we've had this focus here. Um, how, when we think about the Israelites' wanderings, what can we learn from that today? How can we relate to that in our lives today? I recently heard that, um, that a chicken doesn't have very good eyesight, right? And it doesn't, it's not really connected to its head very well. So if you cut a chicken's head off, it'll actually still think it's alive. And I think that we can often be like that too. I, I know. I'm not sure if I want to ask the question about what led you to be thinking about a chicken's eyesight. <laughs> I go, I go on some tangents. I, I will, I will behave today, but, um, what it makes me think about is how often when we aren't, uh, when we're not with our head, you know, Jesus is our head, right? And when we're not looking to God to guide us, we can be like these chickens that are just wandering. And how much more so today with technology, right? You're like, I'm going to go online and I'm going to do this. And then it's a rabbit it really hole, is that right? Two hours later, you look up and you think, what did I just do? Exactly. And so I think, so God, you know, has this promise. He has this path for us. And so often we can get caught uh, like chickens looking at the wrong thing, running in circles. And yet God is constantly reminding them of his presence and his provision uh, to look to the, look to him rather than to ourselves or our circumstances uh, for the way forward. I know you had spent some time as you were working on the study, chatting with your community, with your followers on social media and, and in your networks. What did you learn from them about wilderness seasons in their own lives? I think the biggest thing in my life and, and in hearing from my community is, is feeling this purposelessness of, of the wilderness, even though God says that there is, you know, good things in suffering when it feels so long and when it feels like there's no hope at the end of the tunnel, we can really just feel like it's a waste. And, um, and so I think that looking to the wilderness and Exodus and seeing, I mean, they were there for 40 years. There was some time wasted. There was, um, some certainly some frustration and yet in that god's presence was always with them he didn't leave them and so i think that it's important that we hold on to the tension of recognizing that these wilderness seasons we can't just you know say a kind word or read a bible passage and and strip uh the the pain and the struggle and the isolation away and yet we can be God's presence to others in that time, but through the ministry of presence, through the ministry of reconciliation and just praying for people, pointing them to God's word. And we can remind them that God doesn't leave us or forsake us even in really hard things because we hold on to the ultimate promise of eternal life with him. I love how you described it in a section 
where you, you described a season in your life where you were sitting on top of a question mark. Mm. And I just thought that was such a neat way of looking at it, where you are sitting there, much like the Israelites were, having no idea what was next and no idea what was to come. Um, and those are great times, I think, for us, as you mentioned, to to intentionally think back to God's presence in our lives and look for those opportunities. Tell us how gratitude plays into all of this when when we're here wandering and trying to get our, you know, put our heads back on and keep focused on where we need to be. Thank you, because it's really good that we put our heads back on. <laughs> I'm thinking of the chicken again. I'm going back to this whole chicken with their heads cut off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think gratitude plays a part in... Um, First of all, looking at our past and looking at the way that God has redeemed hard things in our past and really remembering and holding on to those things. It's interesting, you know, in the process of uh, remembering, if if we just spend the time to relive that memory, actually all of the positive things that happen on our body when a good thing is happening uh, in the present moment, when we remember it, all of those things happen again. The, the endorphin, the, um, the, the love hormones. And, you know, if you want all that really technical stuff, mm -hmm. we could talk to maybe like Heidi Game or somebody <laughs> who, who has more of that technical knowledge. But, but the, the process of gratitude is, is so beneficial to our bodies and minds um, through scientific study. And, and yet God knows this all along. He's the one that created us. And so he just again and again, he calls us to remember, to remember him, to remember what he's done for us. And then also the process of gratitude is like this treasure hunt in our present realities as we just look for the places where God is, is breaking through and helping us and reminding us of him. What are some ways that we can, or what advice would you have for us to get started on practicing gratitude intentionally? So in the bottom of each day, we have say grace. And actually, as we say grace, it is um, an act of thanking God and remembering what he's done. We, we do it every day as we thank God for our food um, before meals. Um, but it's just an invitation for us to just pause and write down something that we've seen God doing in our lives today. And just like any positive thing that we're doing in our life, it, it's a habit and it takes time. So I was intentional about doing eight weeks for the study because they say that eight weeks is the minimum to create a new habit. Uh, so this is just an invitation for you guys as you're going through the study to just take that moment and pause and reflect and write it down because there is power in writing it down. Well, and I appreciate how in each day of the study, there is the say grace part, but you're also encouraging us as we go along to, you know, inscribe God's word on our hearts and to think about that through the different sections with the write it on your heart. Um, and then looking at the invitation section and then the daily bread section as we dig in. So it's, it's really nice, a nice holistic way of looking at the study and looking at God's word and helping it really get into our DNA. Yeah. And and, you know, I think that gratitude is an antidote for grumbling. So as I wrote this study, I really um, embraced this, this gratitude piece in my life um, more so than ever before. And so even with my own children, if we're driving in the car and there's grumbling or just feeling like they're not 
you know, satisfied, I say, okay, we're going to go around and say our gratitudes. Um, so yes, there's, there's an invitation to do it in the study, but also, you know, we can incorporate this in something you do at the dinner table, something you do in the car, uh, something you do before bed with your spouse. It can be easy for us um, as we're trying to manage everything. And you remind us in the study that he is God, we are not, but we can set up these crazy expectations for ourselves. And often, mm -hmm. you know, and I've, I found, I do this to myself far more than I, I care to admit, but you set these expectations and then you get frustrated when you can't reach them. And so these unmet expectations, tell us about how we can kind of squash that burden and that angst that comes with, with doing this. I think as we look at Exodus, what's so powerful is literally they are looking to God's presence to guide them. They uh, stay put when God's presence stays put. They pack up and they leave when God's presence, uh, you know, invites them to leave. Um, and then they, they also just look to God's manna every morning. So this is just an exercise in absolute reliance on God. And in many ways, their world becomes a lot smaller, right? Because they are just looking to God and their circumstances. They're not planning ahead. They're not uh, worrying about how they're going to feed themselves or what they're going to do. And in many ways, this reminds me of what we went through. I hate to even bring up the word. <laughs> but during COVID, where our worlds just shrunk a lot. And um, in many ways, it's hard when our worlds shrink. And in many ways, it can be a gift to have this six by six foot lens of our world as we just say, okay, God, like I am not going to worry about all of these things in the future. I'm going to look to you for what I need today and tomorrow will worry about itself. And it's so easy to say that and not actually live it out, but God actually invites us to live it out. And that can be challenging, but it can also be a great gift. It can be freeing when you let yourself do that and you kind of shut things off and, you know, it, it can be a struggle to do, but I, I, I found that when, when I've been in those times and I finally just stop and go, okay, you know, and pairing it back to what's really, what really matters in the moments, you know, in that day, all of a sudden you just feel liberated. And so it's, it's mm -hmm. nice to remember that God is still giving us what we need today. He's still guiding us every day. We have to be willing to listen and spend our time in the word listening to him um, to see that though. Well, and I think practically speaking, that often looks like um, the story of Mary and Martha, mm -hmm. where, you know, literally he's just saying, you know, stop worrying about all this stuff and focus on me. And what does that look like for our lives today? For me personally, as a busy mom, that looks like stop worrying about all this stuff and worry about my children, focus on my children and be present with them. Focus on the people that God is putting in front of us rather than all of the preparation for the people. I often, I, I can relate to that. And there are times where like I can go put away that big camper of laundry that's overflowing, or I can hang out and play a game with my kids. Right. And say, praise God, we have enough clean clothes for today. Yep. <laughs> the game is going to win every time. <laughs> so the clothes will still be there. Um, and, you know, it can be hard for us to really settle down and kind of clear our minds enough so that we can um, focus on Bible study 
what advice do you have for us to kind of clear our mental decks so that we can spend time in the word and learning more about God? You know, I think often we think of um, breathing exercises and we're like, oh, that's new age or that's meditation or yoga. Well, when we look at Yahweh, his, his name is literally breath, Yahweh. And it talks about Jesus breathing on his disciples. It talks about, um, you know, the spirit of God breathing on dirt and making Adam. Breath is a gift that God has given us. And it is also biologically beneficial to us when we just pause and we breathe. It just centers our mind. It brings us online. So all of our, uh, everything is on track in our brain and we can just settle ourselves down. So one thing that I do is I just, I breathe. I just stop everything and I breathe. And um, it just helps to clear my mind. And then I just imagine in my head a picture of something cluttered, whatever that looks like. For me, it looks like a backpack full of rocks. Maybe for you, it can look like a sink full of dirty dishes. Or my desk or I'm looking at it right A desk now. <laughs> full of undone papers, right? And I just imagine... Uh, removing all of those things just to have like this empty, clear surface so that God can just write on, on my mind, write on my heart with whatever he wants me to focus on. So as we t go through the study um, and we're looking for God's provision, um, what are some of the ways that we see God's provision today? And if for, if someone is struggling to see that provision where should they look? Because it's there. Ha. Well, we know that God uh, comes to us in his word. He comes to us in our, his sacraments. And uh, one thing, though, that I was really reflecting on is, is today is that the word is alive and active, right? So the word isn't just literally, you know, our hard copy Bible. It's the word is God's promises. The word is God's character. The word is God's presence that is revealed to us. It is alive and active. And so as we're reading it, we receive all that was spoken of in the book of Exodus and is fulfilled for us today. And just the significance made the significance of that fall afresh on us today. I, I don't know about you, but I can uh, not let that, you know, sink into my heart and really realize uh, the beauty and the the promise that that is God's word. But as I really reflect on the journey that God took to get to this place, uh, it just is such a beautiful provision for us. I know for many of us, our morning coffee can be some of that daily provision that we need to get through things. You mentioned in the book being a coffee fan. So now we're going to the frivolous side of the conversation. But what's your preferred way of drinking your coffee? You know, I love a cold brew. But the thing is, is that I don't know how to make it on my own. And when you go to Starbucks and order a cold brew these days, it's like five bucks. Mm -hmm. So... I really am just good with a strong cup of coffee with a dash of cream. That, that would be my way of doing it. So I guess if our listeners have a good recipe for cold brew, they should reach out to you. As, as long as it doesn't take too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as we wrap up, what do you really hope that your readers 
will take away as they spend time um, either on their own or with a group studying the, the story of Exodus through God's provision in a wilderness world. I hope that they take away Jesus. The Sunday school answer. Elizabeth. But it's always the right one. But, right? <laughs> but it's because we look at Exodus and we see Jesus prophetically revealed throughout it. And ultimately, that is our manna. That's our daily bread. That's what we receive as we take his body and blood in communion. And that's what sustains us. And so I love that we can read and learn and love Jesus from the beginning to end of, of the Bible because he's there for us in all of it. And as we read and study and spend time in his word, it becomes all the easier for us to look around our daily lives, whether we're in a wilderness season or not, but to see God's hand at work and to start that cycle of gratitude. And it just becomes a beautiful cycle, I think, um, as we do that. So. Amen. Well, Lindsay, thank you for joining us today. For our listeners and viewers, um, visit the show notes where we'll have a link to Lindsay's new book, God's Provision in a Wilderness World. It releases here in mid-May. So I hope you'll check it out and take a look at it. I think you'll enjoy it very much. Lindsay, as always, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Listeners, till next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Concordia Publishing House podcast. I pray that this time was valuable to your walk with Christ. We'd love to connect with listeners on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Concordia Pub. Visit cph.org for more resources to grow deeper in the gospel.